the rivalry is back on. 1% better every day and 1-0. The set is the quarterback lined up behind center, takes a snap, going for a home run deep downfield, looking for T.Y. Hilton. Hilton makes the catch. He's at a 10, 5, stumbles in the end zone, touchdown. Both coming with pressure off the edge. Kenny Moore gets to Deshaun Watson. That's a sack for Kenny Moore. Kenny has a pick and now a sack in the game. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. Big game coming up this Sunday. Welcome back to the Cody Fugger podcast. Derek Larger joining me again, and we are here to give you Colts Texans preview. Uh, this is one of the probably the Colts' biggest game to date. Uh, obviously, Colts and Texans division rivals. Uh, I mean, they they met three times last year, uh, twice in the regular season, and once in the playoffs. And the Colts won two of those three matchups. Uh, but Derek, last year at this point, when the Colts played the Texans at home. Um, I don't know if you re- really remember this. Uh, actually, I don't know why I'm saying that. I mean, we all remember this. Uh, that was the infamous fourth down call where Frank Reich went forward on fourth down in overtime where the Colts made that huge comeback in the second yep. half um, to tie the game since overtime. Remember, Naheem Hines had a big game. He had two touchdowns, which if you don't know, uh, if you don't follow me on Twitter at CPFogger55, I posted a video today um, on that. One of those, the first Naheem Hines touchdown catch was just a thing of beauty. Um, and he had two touchdowns. I think he had like 60 yards. He had nine catches, um, which is crazy. Um, and so, yeah, that infamous fourth down call, um, which obviously failed. Um, and then the Texans went on and kicked a field goal and won the game. Um, and Harike was really heavily criticized for that. Um, and he, I think, Derek, and we talked about this on the podcast we recorded earlier in the week, uh, Frank Reich was really bold and adamant, like, I'm not going to play to lose. I'm going to play to win. And it really, mm-hmm. I think, gave his players a lot of confidence in him and their head coach um, to say, okay, our head coach backs us. He believes in us. And uh, we really think, even though the Colts mm-hmm. didn't start their win streak for a couple more weeks, we think that was one of the big factors to why the Colts went on the sh- winning streak that they did and ultimately found their way to the playoffs and actually, ironically enough, beat that team, uh, beat the Texans in the playoffs at energy stadium um, and actually beat them twice at their stadium. Um, once in the regular season, once in the playoffs. And so uh, Colts Texans back again, obviously uh, both Colts Texans one and two right now um, in the division. Uh, the Texans have not had their buy. So they're sitting there at four and two right now, top of the division. The Colts had their buy this last week. They're coming off of that. So they sit there at three and two um, both teams coming off big victories, both ironically against Kansas city. Yep. Um, and I wanted to kind of talk about real fast. Um, so obviously last year, the Texans beat the Colts. It's kind of weird. I, it kind of is flip-flopped what we, we think and what we said when we predicted earlier in the week, um, the schedule-wise, um, what we predicted, what was going to happen. But last year it was kind of flip-flopped where Houston got the win in Indianapolis and the Colts got two wins, um, but one win in the regular season in our, in Energy Stadium. Um, and so with that, I wanted to go to some league rankings here. So points per game, Houston sits there at eighth uh, with 27 points per game. The Colts are at 14th with 22.6 uh, points allowed. Points per game allowed is actually pretty close. The Texans edge up the Colts by one ranking. Uh, the Texans sit there at 14th with 22.3 points per game allowed. The Colts 
at 15th with 23 points per game allowed. Um, this is where the huge, this is the, the big uh, divide here, the next stat here, the, the total yards per game. Uh, the Texans at six with 413.8 total yards per game. The Colts 23rd with 354.4 yards per game. Uh, and, and here's another one that's pretty pretty uh, opposite sides of the spectrum, if you will. Uh, the Texans 12th in passing yards per game. Obviously, we know what Deshaun Watson is. Um, he averages 274 yards passing yards per game. Um, we know the Colts, as we've seen them now through five games, are more of a running team. Uh, and so the Colts are 28th right now in passing yards. Doesn't necessarily mean their passing game is bad. It's just they they don't they're not getting those big chunk plays. Mm-hmm. And Jacoby Brissett's not throwing for 300 plus yards every game. So um, the Colts are at 28th there. Uh, rushing yards per game. Actually, this is surprising. The, the Texans are fifth with 139.8 rushing yards per game. The Colts are at fourth, 142 yards per game uh, on the ground and. Uh, and the, def- the defenses, um, interesting enough, are uh, are both pretty similar. They're kind of at the back end of the league. Uh, the Colts eight at 18th, um, allowing 373.2 yards per game. And then the Texans at 20th, allowing 377.3 yards per game. And then the tur- turnover de- differential, the Colts are at zero, the Texans at plus one. So that's something um, to note. Uh, and yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting game. I think the spread we said was the Colts by one. Um, but Derek, you, you had something to say about the spread and, and basically it was like, whenever it's within three points, the spread, it, it could go either way. Like no team is yeah. really favored, even though the Colts are technically favored, like it, it's a yeah. coin toss. Any team could win. And so, yeah, usually in betting odds, they usually tell you to refrain from war, uh, thinking about, probabilities and uh, predictions and stuff like that. Because obviously if your team is within one score of a predict of a favorite number, then that just means you shouldn't have much faith in the, in that projection. And not to mention when you, when you're favored by one point, I mean, how many times does a team win a game by one point? I mean, they either usually win by more or they'll get beat. So, I mean, that's usually why it's, more uh worrisome to know if they they're either going to win bigger or they're going to just get uh blown out mostly but again we'll just have to see further on yeah for sure and i mean i think that's just probably about right because i feel like the texans and we talked about this the texans have more weapons than they did last year and last year let's be real like they had deandre hopkins and that's about it um and now they have some other guys like Kenny Stills. You mentioned they got in the trade uh, and they, had, they just have some other players. Kiki QT, who we already talked about. Um, Carlos Hyde's been running really well. He, I know he had a big game against the Chiefs last week. Um, and so the Texans have some weapons. And Deshaun Watson, I think, has taken his game to another level as well. Yep. Um, and so it's going to be interesting to watch uh, how these teams, really two teams that are polar opposite on offense, really. I mean, I know the Texans are really, really good on paper have good running stats as well, but I mean, they're a pass first team. That's just kind of how you are when you have a franchise guy like Deshaun Watson. Um, The Colts are really a run heavy team. Not that they can't pass it. They just would rather run the ball down your throat. The Texans would probably rather throw it. Um, And so, yeah, I thought Derek, we could look at some of the matchups that are going to take place in this game. And I know there's some key injuries to both sides, but specifically to the Colts. 
um, in the cornerback group. Um, I know they had a couple guys who were questionable to practice today. Uh, let me pull it up real fast. Yeah, Kenny Moore and Pierre Desir both did not practice again yeah. today. It's uh, going to be up on Friday whether or not they'll be able to play. I mean, yeah. I'm sure it might just be. I'm pretty positive that it's you know one of those things. They're probably just resting these guys because you mm-hmm. know again Pierre Desir and Kenny Moore both had lingering injuries in the Chiefs game. Maybe they're just kind of keeping them off pace for now, but it's still not a very positive sign when you see them both not practicing. Yeah, for sure. And especially a guy like Pierre Desir who shut down DeAndre Hopkins really in that, in that wildcard game um, and really played well, all things considered against one of the best receivers, if not the best receiver of the game. Yeah. Um, some other good news though, safety Millie Cooker was practiced today, back at practice today. He was limited um, obviously with that knee issue uh, meniscus, I believe it was. So uh yeah, that's potentially some good news for the Colts secondary. Uh, but I mean, I know Malik Hooker is basically, you know, he he doesn't want to rush anything, which I think is smart, um, especially when you got a guy like George Odom back there who you feel comfortable with for a couple of weeks. And he played really well in that Kansas City game. So if Malik's not able to go, um, George Odom's still able to step up and, and provide the Colts a pretty good option at free safety. Um, but I want to look at some matchups. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that. So say both of those guys go, say Pierre Desir, Kenny Moore are able to go. They're going to have their hands full with this Texans offense, especially the passing offense. Um, and specifically DeAndre Hopkins, who we, we would think Pierre Desir would shadow again, um, kind of cover all day. And then, um, you know, you got guys like Kiki QT, who is, who last year really tore up the Colts. Um, and then, you know, you got Kenny Stills, who you talked about. So the, the Texans have some weapons on offense. Uh, Derek, what are you noticing in this matchup? What do the Colts have to do in this matchup to win? Yeah, um, it's definitely going to be tough for us. It's the big question, will Kenny Moore and Pierre Desir play? If they don't, gosh, it's going to be a long, long game. I don't know what to expect if they both don't play. But again, I just don't know. We won't know until Friday. Uh, But anyway, yeah, in regards to the – Houston offense you mentioned it they really only had DeAndre Hopkins over the last few years their wide receiver groups have always been uh just not been able to play Will Fuller's dealt with injuries uh they just added Kenny Stills and now Will Fuller's at 100% and he just had one of the greatest games of the greatest game of his entire career and they, they've just been able to share the wealth and Deshaun Watson's just looked phenomenal um one stat that really impressed me about the Texans by their offense this year is they are number one. They're the best team in football at completing third downs. That Mm. is scary, especially with, you know, the Colts having had issues with their, their their defensive coverage before. I mean, that's scary to know that they're the best team at converting. They move down the field. They can get that stuff done. Um, Another quick stat that I uh, had brought up. You brought up a lot of my stats that I was going to mention. <laughs> but uh, here I had another one here, and I have a few others. But the one mm-hmm. that I mentioned about the bye week, uh, since 2016, and this has kind of been a general trend for a while, uh, it says since 2016, only eight teams in the NFL have a below 500 record off a of bye week. Of course, Houston and the Colts not being one of them. Uh, both of those teams have winning records off of bye weeks. Uh, and that's kind of been a trend for most of the last 20 years that 
off of bye weeks. 65 to 70% of teams have winning records off of bye weeks. And that's a good sign because we know that the Colts absolutely needed it. Uh, the possibility of getting Malik Hooker for this game against the Texans and giving Kenny Moore and Pierre Desir time to rest and getting Darius Leonard back, that obviously helps. Um, yeah, in regards to the coverage that you mentioned, uh, this is going to be tough because uh, if Pierre Desir and Kenny Moore both can't play, uh, then the Colts are going to have to try to run some kind of zone because we know that these wide receivers are fast and they're strong and they're physical and it's really difficult to play man when your best corners aren't out there. So I do look for them to play quite a bit of zone. But in regards to that, I also think that Darius Leonard's going to have a lot of time where he's going to be a spy on Deshaun Watson because Watson this season has been so much more effective in running the football when he doesn't see a a, a guy open. So this secondary is going to have easily the toughest uh, challenge yet that that this challenge here is going to be easily a step and a half over what they saw for Patrick Mahomes and this chief scene. Cause let's be honest, they didn't have Sammy Watkins and they didn't have T- Tyree kill. They had Travis Kelsey and then they had nobody else out there that could beat our guys man to man. This team has four guys that can beat us man to man. That's the issue we're having. And so that is going to be the big question is can we limit the big plays and can we uh, keep a spy on Deshaun Watson to keep him from uh, beating us with his legs? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, potentially some good news uh, right into this, how you will, but I mean, the Colts have not made any moves um, at the defensive back position. I think really that Friday practice, um, and this will probably come out on Friday. So um, if they have already practiced, if you're listening to this on like Friday afternoon, then you'll probably know. Uh, but that Friday practice would be very telling to see if some guys uh, see if Desir and Hooker and and uh, Kenny Moore are playing. Um, but so if the Colts don't make any moves, uh, you know I think they will make some moves if uh, if na- neither of those guys are able to play. Um, but yeah, like like you mentioned, Derek, if neither of those guys are able to play, you're going to see a lot more of Quincy Wilson, a lot more of Rockison, um, and a lot more of Shaquille Taylor, who was just brought on and I thought had a pretty decent night um, against the Chiefs. So. Um, but it's, you know, like you mentioned, uh, you're not, I mean, the Texans are at full strength at the wide receiver position that the chiefs were not by a long shot. And so, um, that's, that's a lot different and, uh, it's going to be something interesting to monitor. Uh, that's a big, big, potentially injury, uh, to watch. And, uh, yeah, Derek, another thing, uh, that I want to really, uh, really talk about position group wise, um, is the Colts offensive line versus this Texas Texans defensive line. And, I know Jadavian Clowney's no longer on the Texans. He got traded away. But um, really, I'll talk about the, the Texans' front seven against this Colts offensive line, which this Colts offensive line has been uh, really, really good, probably the best offensive line in football. I mean, they, we've seen it. They've just worn teams down uh, by just running it down their throats. And I think you've seen some of those younger players continue to step up, uh, specifically a Braden Smith. Uh, obviously, we know Quentin Nelson is a monster. Um, but you've seen those guys play pretty well and improve their games in year two. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see, can the Colts keep the running game going from last week where, you know, Marlon Mack was well over a hundred yards again, I think he had 130 so yards. 
Yeah, he had 132 yards on 29 carries. Um, can Marlon Mack do that again? I think that's going to be a big thing to watch um, going forward. So, yeah, what are your takes, Derek, on this Colts offensive line versus this Texans front seven? Yeah, uh, we, we kind of mentioned he mentioned it already how both teams are really good at running the football. Colts are fourth mm-hmm. and Houston is fifth. Uh, very impressive, I might add, for uh, Houston. I totally did not expect that. But, um, in regards to that, yeah, both teams, while been very good at, with the run, they've also been very poor against stopping the run. While Houston's given up less yards per game than the Colts have, they've given up just about the same number of yards per carry as the Colts have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we already mentioned it, how both of these teams have been average and total yards given up. Uh, it's just one of those things where uh, – the, the Colts front four was able to do it against the Chiefs because the Chiefs just had a degraded offensive line and they don't have a great running back. This here, the 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 Texans have a improving offensive line. I use the word improving because we haven't they haven't proved that they've been elite yet. Obviously, they've been getting better, but but I'm not going to give credit to an offensive line that gives up zero sacks to the Chiefs and to the to the Falcons. Not going to do it. I can't do it. You can't tell me that that's what an offensive line should do against those defensive lines. If you're giving up sacks to those guys, then you don't deserve to call yourself an offensive line. But the, uh, the issue I'm having is, you know, it is again, how is this front four going to do? I I still think this Texans offensive line is going to have issues. And I think we can exploit that. And in regards to the Colts offensive line, um, yeah, that's that's going to translate how we do in the uh, in the pass coverage too, and or in the passing game, it it really is difficult for me because you know this offensive line I think can compete with this defensive line. I think don't be surprised that the Texans do get some pressure at times, but over the last two years, the Colts have done a lot better job of keeping JJ Watt off of the quarterback. You just mm-hmm. look at the number of times he's gotten sacks and the number of times he's gotten pressures. Both of those numbers have drastically gone down over the last two years with this offensive line being improved the way it is. And with as good as they are now, I mean, it really is a matter of whose defense is going to stop the run more. Uh, because like I mentioned, both teams are really good at the run. Both teams are really bad at stopping the run. I mean, it's kind of how it is. And again, I I think the Colts are better equipped to stop the offensive, uh, uh, stop the offensive ground game against the Texans than the Texans are for us. Because again, our offensive line is the best offensive line in football. Uh, The Texans offensive line is getting better, but I don't necessarily think that they're as elite as this offensive line is for the Colts. And given Carlos Hyde's stats, pretty similar to what Marlon Mack had uh, in that last game, he was but Carlos pretty much had three three less carries and about sixteen less yards than Marlon Mack, and both had a touchdown. So it's funny just to see how similar these two teams are in both sides of the ball when it comes to the run game. It's just the one thing that the that the Texans destroy us in is the pass game, and that's just ultimately going to be the biggest factor is what is this Colts offensive line going to be able to do, not just in the run game, but protecting Jacoby Brissett as well. 
Yeah, for sure. And that was kind of going to be my other point of just, can you get to the passer again? You know, we've talked about this all year. It seems like the Colts have games where they can really get to the quarterback and they have other games, you know, where they don't do anything. They don't even touch the quarterback. And so can you get to Deshaun Watson early? Can, can you, you know, can some of those young pass rushers fill that void that of Kamoko Ture now that he's out for the year? Uh, can Justin Houston, you know, build off of his strong game in Kansas City? Uh, you know, will Jabal Sheard continue to, you know, we know what Jabal Sheard is, but will it be enough to get to the Texans and slow them down enough for the Colts um, to come out victorious? And so that's that's really the big thing. Um, you talked, obviously, about stopping the run, um, which is big. Uh, the Colts haven't been that great at doing that. Uh, but my biggest thing, yeah, it, it, can you slow down Deshaun Watson? That's really my big thing, because if you don't, we've seen with these elite quarterbacks and these really good quarterbacks, like if you don't, they're just going to tear you to pieces. And we, we've seen it time and time again. When the Colts don't get pressure, they can't stop anybody. And that's just kind of how it goes in the league. And so that's one of my matchups, especially is this Colts pass rush. Can it get home? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and that is going to be the biggest question we don't really know <laughs> they've uh, yeah. done decent against uh, some offensive lines this year and some offensive lines. They, they, they really haven't uh, really lived up to our expectations with as good as this defensive line can be. Obviously losing Kamiko Ture also hurts on the edge as well. But again, I'm trusting in Frank Reich here and in the bye week that this defensive line had a whole two weeks to figure out a strategy, figure out what they needed to do and get motivated enough to know they need to get Deshaun Watson uh, flustered and they need to do that in order to be able to win this game because if you let Watson continue to throw the football all game, he's going to hurt you and it's going to be a long game for us. And if you play, send Kenny Moore, man. He got a sack last yes. year in that divisional game. Please. Send him. That Please. Kenny Moore blitz, man, it's unstoppable. People cannot <laughs> seem to figure it out, which I'm yes. fine with. Um, by the way, man, like if you saw that replay of Kenny Moore, like getting to the quarterback, getting to Mahomes, like, yes. Okay. Think of it like you're a six, five, six, six offensive line. How the heck do you get that low to block that guy? Like five, nine, Kenny Moore coming off the edge, like, you only have to get a little bit of him, but you yeah. got to get down to reach him. Um, and so, yeah, if you send Kenny Moore again, man, get Deshaun Watson flustered early. I think you have a good chance of limiting this Texans offense, kind of like you did in those last couple games when you played the Texans. So I think that's mm-hmm. the key to this game for that. Uh, Derek, you had a couple keys to this game um, that you wanted to talk about for the Colts to secure a victory on Sunday. What are they? <laughs> yeah, I've already mentioned a few of them, but uh, I'll kind of mention the ones that I already did. Uh, first one, limiting big plays. Like I mentioned, this offense with Deshaun Watson is on a whole nother level this year. They can spread the ball around this year. They don't have to rely on DeAndre Hopkins to do everything now. DeAndre Hopkins has half the touchdowns that T.Y. Hilton has on this year. I mean, that should tell you just how prolific this offense has been and not having to rely on DeAndre Hopkins to carry the load. And it also involves putting a spy on Deshaun Watson. Like I mentioned before, Deshaun Watson has been phenomenal in extending plays this year. He looks like he's in a better place mentally with that. And Darius Leonard being back certainly helps that. Uh, Second one is slowing down Carlos Hyde. I know I mentioned that I didn't really trust the uh, offensive running game for the Texans as much. But don't get me wrong. 
this Colts defense over the first six weeks has been very bad. And we need to help that front four needs to be solidified. They need to do better. And I think with Jabal Sheard being back and given time, I think that the Colts are more ready to protect uh, the outsides and make sure that they run through the gaps and not on the outside edges like they were before. I think that will come in handy. And the third one that I had we haven't really talked about is um, the Colts have to be effective and consistent at throwing the football, especially the T.Y., this Colts offense has not been great at throwing the football this year. They've not really had to because they've been running the ball so well on these teams. They haven't had to throw the ball the way some other teams rely on it, um, which is why I think, you know, yards per game uh, when it comes to throwing the football just sometimes can be misleading. But it, it, you have to be consistent. We have to do what we've done to to the Texans for the last few years. I don't expect Jacoby Brissett to be like Andrew Luck, but I need consistency. I need some good throws. I need some. I need him to not be worried about throwing the ball deep. Please do. This is a secondary that might be missing two of their corners. They, they're going to be probably missing Bradley Roby. He was limited in practice today, but they most likely said he will most likely sit out for this game. And Jonathan Joseph might be back, but he's still not going to be 100%. This is a secondary for the Texans that is weak right now, just like ours is. And we need to exploit that. We absolutely need to exploit it. And as long as uh, Brissett doesn't make any key mistakes uh, and he just continues to find the open man, then I'm positive we will have a good offensive output and we can put points up on this Texans defense. Yeah, my one key, my biggest key is consistency and i have talked about it from day one on this podcast Mm -hmm. like this colts team is young like outside of a few veterans they're they're first contract players which means they haven't earned a second contract yet they're still within the first four years um and with that you know with young players comes inconsistency and we've seen it with the colts like they invested all this draft capital into the defense and the defense hasn't looked great so far and that's because they're young that's because they make mistakes but you know, the Colts started to show it a little bit, and I need to see more. They showed it in that Kansas City game, and I need to see a little bit more. Can you be consistent now? You know, you slowed down Patrick Mahomes, but let's be real. You, they didn't have two of their best playmakers. Um, but nonetheless, don't want to discredit this defense. They played really well. Can you do it again? Can you do it against elite talent like like Deshaun Watson twice a year? And that's what I want to see from this Colts team is just consistency throughout four quarters of the Colts dominating and controlling the game and really dictating the game. Um, mm-hmm. And especially on the defense, because we know the offense already does that. That's kind of Frank Reich's philosophy. Um, but can you do that more on the defense? Can you play more man coverage? Can you force the Texans to do things that you want them to do and make mistakes and not just sit back in coverage and let them tear you apart like you've seen before? Can they be consistent? That is the biggest thing for me. And if the Colts can be consistent, I think there's no doubt they're going to pull out a win on Sunday. So that's just my take. Uh, You know, we've already mentioned a lot of stuff. I don't want to dive back into stuff we've already talked about. So my big key is consistency. And so with that, Derek, now it's time to make score predictions. So I'll let you give your score prediction first, and I'll give mine. And then, yeah, I think we'll wrap up this edition of the Cody Foger podcast, and uh, we'll look forward to Sunday. So what's your prediction for this game? Um, I think it's relatively similar to what the uh, 
what the game was that we won in the regular season last year at NRG Field, we won that game, obviously, by Jadavian Clowney jumping off sides and winning that game in the end. Uh, it was it was a decent scoring game, but I don't think it's going to be a, a complete shootout. I think the Colts pull this one out 27-23. to 23. That is mine. Okay, 27-23. That's pretty good. Um, so I'm looking at the game from last year at Lucas Oil Stadium, um, especially if the Colts are missing some of their best playmakers. I'm going to say the score, the final score for me, I got, I got the Colts winning this game too because I feel like they're really good at home. Um, normally, uh, outside of that Raider game, they're pretty good at home. They'd won so many straight uh, before that game. And so I said the Colts win too. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to kind of be like that that first game in Lucas Oil Stadium last year. It's going to be more of a higher scoring game. Um, so I'm going to go Colts 35 and Texans. Mm, let's go 31. All right. 35-31 is my prediction. I think it's going to be a little more high scoring game just because there's some high octane offenses and the Colts obviously more, more on the ground. But Jacoby Brissett, we've seen um, he needs to be consistent, but he's shown that he can throw the football. And so I think, I think it's just going to be more of a shootout game. That's just my prediction. Obviously, it could be completely opposite, and that's fine. You can never really predict these things, but that's my prediction. I think we both said it's going to be probably a pretty high-scoring game overall, and so uh, it'll be it'll be a fun game nonetheless to watch. Uh, I definitely think it could go either way. So, Texans fans, if you're listening to this, I think it's going to be a really good game. I look forward to it. Um, it's probably the most important game for both of our teams this year. Uh, so yeah, I look forward to it, man. It's going to be a good game. Derek, is there anything else that you want to say about this game before we wrap up this podcast? Uh, no, I really don't have much else. I just know that this is probably the most important game of the entire season at this point. and might be the most pivotal one for the whole season, uh, pretty much determines who gets first in the division. So Colts nation, we really got to pray for a good one here. Yeah, and if you're not sure when the game is, Sunday, 1 p.m., you can watch it on CBS. Cole set Texans. Texans will be traveling to Lucas Oil Stadium for that game. I certainly will be sitting there on my couch watching that game. Wish I could be there at the game because that's a great game to go to. But if any of you guys are at the game, be sure to cheer loud um, and have a lot of fun because it's going to be a really good game. So, all right, and with that, thank you guys. Appreciate you as always, and go Colts.